0: Welcome to the 360 Recruiting Podcast, a podcast for OU Recruitments, presented by Sooners360.com. Each and every week, we catch you up on the latest in OU recruiting, including offers, evaluations, schedules, opinions, and more. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. What's up, everybody? It's Matt from Sooners 360 back for another episode. This is episode number 31 of the 360 Recruiting Podcast. We are calling this one one week from chaos arriving, and it keeps getting bigger. I'm joined, as usual, by my co-hosts, Chris Mason, lead recruiting analyst over at Sooners 360, and Caleb Cummings, a.k.a. Mr. 55, our film guru. Before we get to the show, just want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast. We are on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, etc. So don't miss an episode and subscribe to the show. Uh, I'll turn it over to Chris here for our first main segment covering all the latest recruiting news of the week. I know there's a lot to get to today, Chris. Uh, What's going on in OU's recruiting world? Well, first off,
2: we have a commitment uh, from the portal, um, the portal, you know, revenge of the portal, portal strikes back portal versus Freddy Krueger portal takes Manhattan. Uh, if Jason can take Manhattan, I'm, I can, I'm pretty much sure that the portal can. Um, we thought this villain was dead. We'd killed it. We burned it with acid, we electrocuted it, chopped its head off, ran it through a wood chipper, whatever you want to do. It's, it's back. And the biggest news is that, Oh, you've got a key commitment. Uh, today, actually this morning, on, we're recording this on Friday, uh, from uh, Dejon Terry, the Tennessee transfer uh, defensive tackle who was garnering a lot of interest from schools uh, across the country. Uh, I think it would have been hard for him to transfer internally inside the SEC due to some of their rules that they have. So I think that's really helped OU uh, be able to uh, get hold of uh, Terry. Terry also played at Kansas when Emmett Jones was the uh, head ball coach for a period of time interim. So OU quickly got him on campus. He was in the portal and then OU quickly got him on campus, I think on Tuesday and the OU coaches all started defensive coaches all started following him. So OU regress. It's it's probably as aggressive a move portal wise, as we've seen from OU, um, other than um, Desan McCullough in terms of just leveraging all their resources and getting a guy on campus as quickly as possible and making sure that they were not going to be – that he was not going to go visit somewhere else and never get a chance to visit Norman. So, um, as always, we're going to have a little bit of a Caleb analysis in our next segment on Terry. But he's 6'4", 320. He was very productive for Tennessee the last two seasons. In terms of being able to find a defensive tackle piece in the portal, this is probably about as good as OU could hope uh, to find uh, a quality defensive tackle. So this is this is a big picture. It, 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 you know, Caleb could talk a little bit more about it, but it would not shock me to see, um, presuming Dijon follows through and rolls at OU and all that, uh, would not shock me to see Terry in the starting lineup um for for OU's first game this fall he's he's got that much experience and he's a big at 64 320 he's a big run stopping defensive tackle so he would be an interesting interesting piece to see what OU does but that's the commitment but then OU's had visitors and we talked about the Juco DBs from the uh College of San Mateo from California two guys who are high school qualifiers Demetrius Freeney, the cornerback around 6'1, 190. And then also a cornerback, uh Ciane Lealule, um, who's 6'4, 185, and just ridiculous length. They both visited. Oh, you had a good visit with them. They've both got other colleges and other visits they're looking at. So that's that's in play. And then the other DB who visited this week would be Josh Wallace, the UMass cornerback, who Michigan wants. There's a lot of lot of interest in you and Josh Wallace. He's a the best player on like a bad foot. He has that best player on a bad football team kind of label to him. Really productive, uh, good size, really good corner. So I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how OU balances. I don't know if it's Wallace and Freeney one two with. Uh, Lealu third, or if you know, if they're playing musical chairs for one spot, and then we're, we're getting word that, um, uh, the other defensive tackle who we had previously mentioned on the pod, Philip Paella, the Utah State defensive tackle, who was previously a transfer from Michigan, uh, we understand that he's he's at OU right now, uh, going through his visit. I don't know if OU could take two. Additional tackles. We'll talk a little bit about OU's numbers here in a bit. But those are the, those are the, that's the, that's the portal recap. The Terry thing's big. It, it really is. You know, I think if you could add, a cor- OU's been kind of searching for a cornerback in the portal. Uh, they missed out on the Louisiana DB who went to Alabama that they really liked and really only lost out to him because. They were going against Alabama. They probably would have won that recruiting battle if they had been going against, you know, A and M or, or you know, USC or you know, or Ohio State.
3: Wasn't word on that. He just uh, Alabama's NFL production.
2: Yeah, it was. It was. It was. That was. Yeah. Yeah. He loved the OU visit. OU thought they had him. His um, last names is is Amos, I believe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He was. Good on film, big side, but you know, the only reason OU lost them, like really, to, to Caleb's point, is that Bama, Bam was able to say, you know, look at all the first-round draft picks that are coming out of our secondary, and OU's like, uh, can you wait? Can you wait a couple of years to see that?
3: Oh, he so, was like, can you look what Clemson did the last ten? Can you look years? what Clemson did.
2: <laughs> um, you know, uh, you know, uh, we got we have some guys on rosters. You know, uh, Norwood's playing well for Pittsburgh. Or at yes. least he was. So, but yeah, it just 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 didn't match up. So so Matt, yeah, it's 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 been weird because you kind of think that OU, we, we thought OU was done. And then two weeks later we're just proven to be completely wrong. And and OU has added what could be. I mean, I'll be honest, based upon just you know, his size and his production, Terry would have been a huge get in January or February or December. He would have been a he would have been a big get back then. so this isn't this is partly a case of scarcity right now in defensive line available, but it's also, I think without the transfer rule, I think half the SEC would have offered him and would have been going after him aggressively. But yeah, I think the threat thing. of him threat of him having to set out was played into OU's hands.
0: So OU adds Terry, we're looking at a few other guys. Like you said, Chris, it's kind of crazy to see how this would all fit into the 85. I know Kyle's working on some numbers. Uh, we'll have that on the board. We've got some other notes on the board as well about Wallace, Freeney, Paella as well. So head over to Sooners 360 to see the latest on that. We'll be updating that throughout the weekend. Um, so, OU's clearly looking to add some guys that can help this fall. But as far as the next wave of guys coming in, Chris, we're getting close to those big June 9th and June 16th weekends. Uh, what's what's the latest there? Are there some newly confirmed visitors? Let
3: me, Chris, I'm curious. Has yeah. the 9th just organically grown? Has it been, or do you think they, it's looked like to me a little bit, like they targeted the 16th and so many kids that they're in on, and like, truthfully, and this isn't like a, Oklahoma homer talk from I think anybody that has known me knows I'm more of a realist and definitely not a homer can be a bit uh, a jaded at times uh, but it does appear like Oklahoma's in such a good spot with a number of kids you know let's say top three on their list but the ninth has somewhat grown organically and become really two big weekends and what will become a third in July or am I am I wrong there?
0: Some, some yeah. FOMO from these guys maybe? It's, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 uh...
3: it's, it's
2: been insane. I thought we were, I thought they were good weekends. I thought the ninth was a good weekend before what just happened this week. And now the ninth usually would be, you'd look at who's coming and you'd be like, that's the best week. Oh, you recruiting weekend that that that. Oh, you can't top that. And then the ninth just pales to the 16th, but the ninth, any you, any previous year, we would be looking at the ninth and going, that's OU's premier weekend. That's when the big guys are coming in. So I think there's been some spillover. Um, when I get to the names, you know, uh, we'll, we'll come back to uh, we'll come back to a topic, and I'll, I'll I'll introduce it again back to you, Caleb, so you can to give you a little more context. But I think there's also some small themes coming showing up about the ninth that I I think OU has kind of followed maybe a little bit. Some of these guys, they're just a uh, UL, you know. Some of these guys like. Williams Noari, when do you want to come? You know,. Right. Just, you know, we'd love to have you this the barbecue weekend, but if you want to come the ninth, you know, red red carpet will be rolled out. Don't worry about it. So yeah. but I think with some other guys, maybe there's been so there's a little bit of a strategy behind it, and um we could talk about that after I when I get through this uh, cavalcade of names real quick. So um Matt, the ninth really has been boosted over the last 10 days since the last time we recorded. And the number one name, because he's a five-star, he's a top 20 player in the nation nationally. He's either the second or third cornerback in the nation is uh, Waco's Kobe Black. And he's coming in the ninth. OU has been perceived to be hovering around his recruiting, uh, but not necessarily a favorite. Uh, after last year with what Jay Valai pulled off, I'm, I'm not going to underestimate Jay Valai's recruiting powers at cornerback at this point.
3: Isn't there a connection there uh, with Brent and his dad?
2: His dad played for Brent at K-State.
3: Oh, well, so just a small connection.
2: Just a, So I, I think you know most people are like, ah, he's a long shot here. But again, Jay Valai has been probably recruiting this kid for like three years. He was probably recruiting him at Alabama. Now he's moved it to OU, and now OU's like, "Ah, nah, OU's not in that race. And then all of a sudden, OU's got an official visit. And again, OU's relationship-based, what they build, those are all relationships. So this is very interesting. And then then another cornerback name, Caleb Beasley, uh, the Tennessee verbal, he's from Tennessee, but he's been to OU like three or four times when he verbaled to Tennessee back in October. I was kind of surprised. I thought OU was going to get an official visit from him. And now they have. He's the only kid I know of, and between the ninth and the 16th, that is verbaled somewhere else that's scheduled to be on campus. And he's a top 200 player. He's, you know, probably could be easily top 100, top 10 cornerback. Like, you know, like Kobe, he's 6'1", 190 pounds, just, you know, an SEC, SEC, SEC shutdown corner kind of mold. And then, you know, going along the same theme, going along the theme that I think starting to develop, uh, Grant Bricks, the very talented offensive guard, offensive tackle, right tackle possibly from Iowa. He's the top 100 player in the nation by on three. Uh, he's down to OU... Nebraska and KSU at least well those are the three visits he has coming up in June he appears to be walking a walking back some interest in Notre Dame which I think is a good sign for OU in terms of oh you know Notre Dame does good O-line recruiting and they you know they're they're a power brand yeah I I think
3: it's been I've loved Notre Dame's offensive line recruiting for yeah, half a decade or, or more. I can't remember who the offensive line coach they had that was he uh I think he's back in a analyst capacity, but he he moved on from Notre Dame to the Bears. Uh but it's been that's kind of been a theme. Anytime Oklahoma would get involved with an offensive lineman Notre Dame was involved with from different areas, it they
2: Oklahoma struggled to win that one. And yeah, it's Notre tough. Dame's done such a good job. I mean, all the that's way impressive. back to Ronnie, all the way back to Ronnie Stanley from Bishop Gorman.
3: Gosh, here's a name, Matt Romine from uh,
2: yep. Tulsa yeah. Union. But we got him back. We got him back, though, didn't we? I don't remember.
3: I know he transferred somewhere. I know he yeah. didn't play much.
2: No, he at, went to back. Sorry, he went right. back to Tulsa. I think he went to Tulsa. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but no, I mean, you just, Notre Dame's got, you know, very few offensive line programs that can match up NFL NFL pedigree to what Bill's been doing. And, and, and don't kid yourself, the Harrison Morris draft picks have paid off for Bill on the recruiting trail, that's been a really big impact. So you've got Grant Bricks, and then we've got just a uh, just a just a guy I love on film, uh, Eddie Pierre Louis, the offensive guard from Tampa. Our, our favorite uh, lead, uh, sorry, last leg of the hundred meters for a Tampa Catholic. He's, he's watching him run the hundred meters is maybe one of the more impressive physical sights uh, uh, out there. He looks like he's looks like he thinks there's like walls in front of him that he has to run through to finish the 100 meters he's a road grading offensive guard Rivals is the only place that really has him like a top 100 player right now. I, I don't know what the other services are looking at. He's an absolute yeah. mauler he's uh, he's
3: he's in the discussion I think we're I like Poe a lot uh, but and again for me it's like Poe's is a little bit longer but yeah, I watching the film. And Oklahoma's done a really good job, again, offensive line and who they've offered. So I've seen a lot of it. If you – there's not an argument for who the best offensive guard in this class is without Eddie Pierre-Louise being a part of the discussion. He's he's a – he is a stud.
2: Yeah. And um, so, Caleb, you were asking about the ninth. So this is this is one trend that's coming – appearing. So for the ninth, OU has Weston Davis – Marquise Easley, Grant Bricks, and Eddie, Eddie Pierre-Louis all scheduled to visit that weekend. So I'm wondering if it's got a little bit of Bill's going to try and, you know, it's going to be a beaten bow is going to be able to just pull those guys together and focus on recruiting them and kind of build some camaraderie. Like, I need you to, you know, I want to build an O-line. You guys need to be part of that O-line. I'm sorry. And um, Jason Zendamella is supposed to come in as well. So that's five of Bill's top targets that are all going to be together. An offensive line is composed of five guys. And you could legitimately say if he picked up all five of those guys and that weekend, he, he could be, I mean, the post still out there. Um, Bennett Warren, who is going to be next weekend is still out there. I mean, Bill's done a, under the radar, Bill's done a great job with low line recruiting. It's, it's, It's setting up for him and Caden Massey also is a 16th. So you've got, he's got lots of names. So I think that's one, I think that's one group. I also think it's not coincidental that Marcellus Williams, the top cornerback from St. John Bosco is on the ninth. Then you have Caleb Beasley and Kobe Black. So Jay Valai kind of gets to put three alpha cornerbacks on campus at the same time. Kind of with a hint, like I got one ship. Who who wants to be? Maybe I got one ship left, one slot left. Who wants to be? Who wants to be the elite? Who wants to be the alpha? I need an alpha. I need an alpha cornerback, elite cornerback in this class. Which which one of you guys wants to be it? So, and then the the last surprising name, sort of a surprise, but but it's more of a late breaking name. All uh, credit to Parker Thune at OU Rivals. He he had this scoop first ahead of everybody. Zion Reagans, the top 100 wide receiver, um, according to rivals, he's slower on some other services, uh, from Georgia, is going to be on campus too. And I'm, everything that we're hearing says that OU will take four wide receivers if the fourth wide receiver is the right one. And Zion Reagans is, is clearly, when you think about speed, speed, and speed, you just have to watch his film. So... It's, it's interesting that he's going to be on campus. Uh, so that's, you know, five, I've listed five names and every one of those players uh, other than Beasley. So you've got four guys, five star, and then four guys with the top 100 rating by at least one service. And then you got Caleb Beasley, who's, who's just the number 130 player in the nation and an elite looking cornerback verbal to Tennessee and looks like an SEC player. So to your point, Caleb, the weekend was already good. I mean, the, the weekend has two five star defenders. That would have been any time previously, that would have given this weekend the status of elite. But there's going to be, you know, like five, five stars the next weekend. So it's, it, it's you know, it's like an elite afterthought to make it, to come up with a contradictory uh, statement.
1: I, what what I love
3: about it is, uh, you know, in, in changes, it always happens slowly and you tend to get numb to them. And so you don't really notice it. And it's human nature, I think, to take, to continually take the norm, what becomes a norm for granted. But I just, I just, to your point about, you know, there being multiple five-star defenders in that weekend, you know, if we, if we rewinded to when everyone thought Oklahoma was going and blowing recruiting with, with Riley uh don't know that they ever got one five-star defender on campus for an official visit I guess suppose Buki right but give me a five-foot-eight corner and tell me he's a five-star and I'm telling you're full of shit uh (laughs) you know (laughs) I mean really
2: uh and he's 180 pounds and he's playing safety for us so okay
3: and he yeah I mean just it's just, yeah, what a five star is, I would always, again, it's like, you have to check these boxes and you must be this tall to ride the ride. And he was not that tall. So, you know, I. it's just interesting that I don't think anybody takes this class for, you know, this group of players for granted, but to just pull back and go, hey, it's just one of a couple of big weekends and they've got multiple five-star defensive players that are going to be on campus and that Oklahoma says in the top two or three. It's just interesting when you kind of detach from it and really pull back and say, okay, what's changed in 18 months? To me, that's like, that's just a huge change where previously it was, hey, we'd get three and four uh, five-star offensive players. You know, have a five-star tight end and a five-star quarterback and a five-star receiver and all these guys are on campus. Okay, that's great. What's interesting is those guys are still showing up to campus the five-star receiver the five-star offensive lineman the five-star running back and quarterback those guys are still showing up but now on the flip side of that they're they're also bringing in those five-star defenders so it's uh it's 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 an interesting transformation to
2: watch yeah and then and then june 16th uh four big additions um the first one is terry bussey who is a five-star athlete by 247? They have him as the number 15 player of the nation. He's 5'11", 185. And uh, there were a bunch of camps this summer that were that were uh, running during the sorry, not this summer, during the spring. And Terry Bussey had the second fastest laser time 40 time. And he ran a 442. Really? Yeah, the fastest That's guy sad. was fastest guy's Ryan Williams who's a five-star wide receiver for Bama in 2025. And the third time, 443 was our good friend and completely underrated wide receiver and OU verbal KJ Daniels. So Bussy is a absolute freak of an athlete. He has a 10-5, 100-meter time out there. And what's interesting with him is that OU is kind of going wide receiver with him. Yeah. His key, his key, his key recruit is Emmett Jones. That's all you need to know. That's what he's, but oh, he could be a corner, but I think Emmett's saying, you know, I think you need to be a wide receiver, but A&M and all the other, a and is kind of the perceived favorite. Everybody else is saying, we want you as c- a cornerback. So, OU is going to kind of live and die by this different, this different message uh, a little bit. And I think, you know, Emmett can talk, you know, can at least point to the recent NFL draft and say like, look, 5'10", 185-pound elite wide receivers go in the first round now. You know, uh, I'm sorry, the guy from Boston College whose name escapes me, you know, he's like, what, 5'9", 180, 185?
3: Yeah, I mean, the kid out of uh, (laughs) – the kid that Riley poached from Pitt.
1: Yeah, exactly. uh, He went first round. No, he went – he
3: was – one hundred and seventy something. I think it's yeah. under five, under five, under five eleven. one seven. Yeah, right at
0: five ten. I think
3: five ten. Yeah. And he went. He uh, Jordan, went first round. Jordan
2: Addison. Jordan Addison. Yeah. Um. But I can't. I can't pull the 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 Boston College receiver from from. Um, but so I think you know Emmett can say you know look at look at Hollywood Brown, you know the NFL. It used to be you know the NFL was only drafting like you know six foot three, two hundred and five pound guys that wide receiver in the first round. But now all of a sudden, you know, um Jalen Waddle, um, another example of a guy who's just blowing it up in the NFL and who's who's not a big guy. So I think, you know, OU's going to live and die by that message. But it, it's just another five-star player. That's a – OU will have three five-star type guys that they're going to recruit on, um, you know, offensively. Uh, in this class right now, you know Bryant Wesco, Taylor Tatum, and now Terry Busey. That's three five-star type skill guys that they're really after. So it's, it's it's an interesting addition. And then Wyatt Gilmore, the big Minnesota defensive end. He's probably he says he's down to five schools. Looks like probably OU's biggest competitor. is Minnesota. Him staying home. Um, you know, good pro. You know, Minnesota football has been pretty consistent and pretty good. They've been doing a good job putting out um, putting out good talent. Uh, and then a new name, James Nesta from North Carolina. A couple of weeks ago, he was like, who's James Nesta? And then he got an OU offer. Uh, he really seems to be very interested in OU. He's a fantastic-looking athlete. About 6'4", 210, flies all over the field. He's also a Major League Baseball prospect. Got like, like a you know, Matt, I think you were saying that he's throwing in like the low 90s and probably probably projects that maybe once he builds his frame out, like mid 90s is probably possible.
0: Yeah, I've got his perfect game profile up. Uh they gave him a 9.5, which is very high for a high school player. Uh they have him <laughs> listed at uh six five, actually. So well he maybe might be. Yeah, maybe he's closer in that range. He kind of looks like it on film, right? And uh they yeah, got a tall,
2: rangy guy, just all over the, you know. Yeah, yeah. They, they've wow. got his
0: fastball from last July, so f- almost a full year ago. At ninety-two, uh, his outfield velocity throw was ninety-five, um, and his ten-yard split, which is important on the football field, obviously was one point five seven, which is uh, that's really pretty, good. That's pretty that's elite really... for uh, yeah a big yeah. six-foot-five junior. And again, this was last summer, so um, I. It, I would be weary of signing him as a football player only because of his elite potential in baseball.
2: yeah, the the nice thing is that Skip Johnson's really raised the OU program profile for baseball. that that national championship game and that run to the national championship game has really helped Skip. Uh, and obviously, you know they struggled this year because they lost so many, you know great players from last year. but they're back in the you know they're in the they're in a they're in a, they're in a regional. So they've made the tournament. So so skip can can, you know, say, look, we've had baseball players go first round, go first round in football as well, that had have played at OU. But the, the combination of linebacker pitcher is is kind of an interesting combo, Caleb. What what do you did, I know quarterback and outfielder sort of makes sense, but linebacker pitcher, it just seems like that's a lot of that's a lot of shoulder wear and tear, possibly.
3: Yeah, I mean, I know the, the game is absolutely played much differently than even 10 to 15 years ago. Uh, you know, you're not taking on fullbacks uh, as much, and, and thanks from a linebacker perspective, but that'd be surprising. I think I joked on the board or with you guys and, you know, uh, off air that I'll always remember this kid when he's, when he's playing in the major leagues. I'll always remember him as a guy Oklahoma could have signed. Uh, because it's just the the baseball skills are unbelievably elite. So uh, <laughs> I I don't know. Maybe I guess there is a question of his size, uh, his range on the diamond. Even you know, does, it, does, it, does he does he want to go the pitcher? route or does he want to play you know center Outfield. field yeah. yeah and if he does then hey maybe you're fine there having a kid that plays outside linebacker and you know play center field or left field for you but yet yeah, i to your point it, it would be it would seem rare that you'd have a kid trying to bulk up to two four, well i guess the weight's not a big deal for the pitcher but to have a kid playing a position that is demanding as a linebacker on you physically particularly your your hands your elbows your shoulders and then going out and, and trying to be an elite pitcher. That does not seem like a really good combination.
2: Well, the interesting thing is NIL money versus if he does like slide because of his sign of this concern about his signability, the NIL money could offset because Major League Baseball now has a much more stricter. Um, signing cap right that's
3: a really interesting one I I don't remember who it was but it was talked about on social media this was I think during the season that among NFL GMs and NFL's throwing around good money right for their draft picks there's just an overall concern of some of these kids not leaving and coming out like hey we want you to come out because we can get you in the third round well why would I go be a third round pick when LSU is going to pay me a million dollars this year to come back and it's guaranteed. And they'll also pay my insurance. So I'm, you know, it's mostly upside. Uh, well, yeah. I'll go back and play for a million and a half. Uh, so it that's, that is an interesting to see how NIL will impact baseball.
2: Right. Cause like third round money's not really, it's not, it's not like it used to be right Where us. The, the MLB teams could just spend unlimited money. Theory. They've they've got a cap that they have to fit in. So if he was to slide by some signability concerns, you know, um, it, it, we, we could be talking a simple matter of like hundred thousand dollars here or there. So, um, and then the last guy for June sixteenth, we kind of expected this name. Caden Massey has confirmed his visit. The big three-star offensive tackle from Kansas. He's 6'7", 270. and he's been doing really well on the track and field circuit uh, this spring. He's been um, throwing, throwing the, doing shot put and discus and, and doing quite well. So, he's he's a really good athlete. So, so Matt, that that long list of names, nearly, nearly uh, about nine names, nine important names added within the last like ten days. So that's how much this has blown up. the The weekend of the sixteenth, I think, is up to twenty kids. Which seems crazy, but some of those are verbals and and i think it and it's spaced out positionally um pretty well so it's 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 been big but you know i i'm sh- i'm shocked by how many more names got added though, over the last 10 days
0: are you expecting any other names to be added or are there a couple guys out there that haven't scheduled yet that you're kind of thinking hey one of these weekends it would not be shocking for them to show up or schedule it in the next you know week or so
2: the names I, I thought we'd see on the list that we, that are that are not on the list. The, the first name is Ellis Davis, the offensive tackle from Prosper, Texas. Now this might be a case of um, Stanford maybe grabbing a lead here, and OU perhaps perhaps deciding they've got so many other good tackle prospects. They've Autry's already verbal,ed and I've and there's five good offensive tackles visiting OU between the two weekends. Um, Bennett Warren's situation might be playing a role there. Uh, he's he's decided that he doesn't want to visit Oregon and everyone thought this was maybe an Oregon OU Michigan battle. So yeah. that could be a, a factor there. I'm surprised he hasn't, you know, and I think the preps the, you know, the biggest surprise, I think, you know, if you asked me in January, um, I would have probably said Max Anderson was going to be part of this recruiting class. And now the weekends are set and Max Anderson does not unless he's coming and no one has been able to no one can get him on, on the record to confirm it. It doesn't look like Max Anderson will be visiting OU in June and is probably heading to maybe either again Michigan or maybe Tennessee. It's sort of Tennessee's like a really hot name on the recruiting trails. A lot of a lot of kids are picking up you at picking up Tennessee as a Place they're starting to visit. So that's two offensive linemen that I kind of thought would be in play for the OU recruiting class, and it doesn't look like either one is gonna is gonna visit Norman in June. And And I'm not sure that Bill won't fill his slots with kids from the June visits while holding a slot for Casey Poe, who's visiting at the end of July for the party at the Palace. And that to me, that's a huge tip off about Casey's intentions. Is that uh, if he makes that visit, it, I, I would be stunned if he doesn't verbal to Oklahoma that weekend. You know, a couple other names that were hot earlier were Jordan Lockhart, the linebacker from uh, California, from St. John Bosco, kind of expected to see him on the list. Um, but Nesta and Easton Baker have kind of taken some, like, maybe, maybe have moved up the linebacker list because they're both kind of will guys. I mean, it's funny, we talked we talked all about James Nesta, but He's probably a will linebacker. He could be like 6'5, 235, and playing all over the field. A little bit like the the guy from Arkansas who just went in the draft, who was at yeah. Alabama previously. Drew Drew Sanders, Sanders. The yeah. once
3: upon a time Oklahoma yeah. commit.
2: Yep. Yeah. Nesta physically, athletically is kind of a that's that's not a bad comp um in terms of just wingspan and speed. Yeah, I like um, that comp. And then um Edric Houston, the defensive end from Georgia that seemed to be heavily into OU, has he's not visiting OU. He's eliminated OU. He's got a different top five, which I think at this point is probably best for OU not to waste their focus on him. Because I think Joseph uh, Jonah Ajanye uh, is pretty much a very physical comp, similar type player to Houston. So, and Georgia wants him. So, Edric, if you're listening, please, please go to Georgia. So, uh, Oh, you can get, um, Joseph, Jonah, Johnny. So, cause you don't, you know, and, and Joseph, you don't, you don't want to go to Georgia. If Edric Houston goes there, he's, he's, he's exact same player. You are. You don't want to be, uh, going to Georgia. He's, he's a twin. He's your twin. So, so don't bother going to, going to, don't bother going to Georgia. If, uh, if Edric Houston's there, Joe, Jonah, you, Joseph, you need to, JJ, you need to be, uh, he need to be somewhere else. Hopefully that's Norman. And then a player I was really pretty high on on film, um, Jameer Grimsley, 6'2", 6'3", 190 pound DB, could be a safety, could be a corner from Tampa Catholic. I kind of thought that he would have an OU visit scheduled at this point. So that's, that's five names with, the, with, uh, with Caleb. The I really think those two offensive linemen, it's, it's kind of surprised that they're, that they're not going to be in Norman in June.
3: Yeah, Davis is the one that sticks out to me. Uh, just, you know, Oklahoma made the offer not long ago and everything you've heard is that one, him being from, you know, that prosper Frisco Denton area, really good relationship with a lot of the guys on the OU team and that he really hit it off with bill. And that looked like solid. And then I'd read that he'd locked in maybe two or three officials this summer already and has a, and he wants to have a decision before, uh, before his senior year, maybe, only thought there is you know maybe it's uh if if oklahoma misses on some guys do you bring him in if he hasn't to the uh to the july event he's the one that yeah he's the one that surprised me Uh, i i would have expected him to your point on on max anderson there has just hasn't been i think everyone's just looked at nate uh and nate's been such a good sooner and he's, he's real vocal about how he loves oklahoma that hey oklahoma he's, he's going right. He'll, he'll be, he'll be there with his brother, but then, you know, you hear obviously Oklahoma went out and got Troy Everett in the portal. So, uh, in the app state starting center from last year, really good player. I think he'll come in and compete with rain right away. We'll see what happens on on who wins that and who the best five are, but and he's, he's got three years left, uh, of eligibility. So you wonder, you know, maybe, maybe Nate, isn't isn't long for Norman and and Max knows that is maybe the trajectory. Uh, yeah, those are. Uh, I mean, I'll I'll be honest. I thought Oklahoma getting Edric Houston on campus in January was a win. So <laughs> it's not all that shocking that he's he's looking elsewhere. Uh, hopefully, hopefully he does land. I don't want him to land at Georgia, but I also want JJA to to wear crimson and cream and and not be a Georgia Bulldog.
0: And you also really like Bricks and Massey. Oh my God! Uh, yeah,
3: yeah. You know, I'm trying to remember who it is on, on. And I even tried to find some of the replies on Twitter. What? And I, I, I do apologize for not remembering your Twitter handle. One of our followers that listens to the pod oftentimes will. Ned? Tweet was at it us. Ned?
2: Was it Ned? Tim, isn't, I think, isn't it Tim? Tim. I think it Tim. is Tim. Tim. Okay. 10,
3: because of what we've talked about with just the ideal athletic profile for offensive linemen. And, and to me, like Caden Massey fits in that completely. And he's always, he, he'll he come back and like, Hey, you guys are too in love with leaner athletes. And again, I, I mentioned this on, on Twitter. It's just from having 13, 14 years of data compiled that, w- that we've got. And again, happy to tell him, you know, sign up, we'll, we'll share it with you that shows kids that fit this athletic profile that are Barry's the one that actually found this. There's a really good correlation between being a high level shot put or discus thrower and how that translates to playing offensive line. Well, whether it has said something about your ability to bend, your explosiveness through your lower body, being able to deliver force, uh, and just your ability to slide, move your feet, body control. Maybe there's some of that in there, but I really do. I like I like Massey a lot. I think he's uh, – I do understand the three-star rating that he has from the services because he plays at a small school in Kansas and the competition isn't great, but I, I think he's underrated. And I know when he went to the uh, – I don't know if it was a rivals camp or an Under Armour camp in Kansas City. I think what Red was his first rep up, he struggled. He got worked, you know, going against another power five guy. First rep up, hey, welcome to (laughs) – welcome to seeing kids that are as good as you. But every rep following, he worked every kid, including that kid, came back up. You know, and I just think – I really like the guy from uh, forward looking of what I think he could be with his his potential and – and, yeah, I, for for me and Bricks, I think he's, uh could play right tackle or he could be one of the better guards. He, he just looks like, you know, what you see at Iowa or Michigan is, you know, uh, 6'5", 6'6", 315-pound flat-bellied athletic mauler that uh, can – be really successful, both the run game and, you know, as a pass protector. I I really like him, and, and you watch his film. He just uh, – I love it because he's extremely physical, but, man, he is mean. Uh, and, and some of the kids, he is just no mercy, no mercy to some kids. So, you, you love that from offensive linemen. I know Bill does.
0: All right, Caleb, we'll, we'll keep you on here for a little bit to talk about some of these – uh, portal names OU gets the commitment this morning from Dejon Terry uh, do you want to break down his uh, his abilities a little bit and uh, see how he projects in this defense
3: yeah no I really like Terry he's uh, you know I always a little bit hesitant on some of it because what you're able to find online is a lot of uh, his, his highlights he's posted there are There are some decent cut-ups that you can find of the the Tennessee defense versus, I think, one of them is the Florida offense and was able to watch that. I I would say on a couple of fronts, he's extremely valuable. I think uh, Oklahoma got better with him easily. They got better. I think he's a kid that can come in. He's got 800 snaps under his belt at the Power 5 level between his time at Kansas and his time at Tennessee, 6'4", 320, but it's an athletic-looking 320. It's not. I don't know the last time Oklahoma had a guy like that. Uh, You know, Devonta Lampkin could have been that, but yeah, I think you know he he would get winded at times. Uh, And and from what I've seen of uh, of Terry, he he plays a better pad level than than Devonta did. He's, I think, a guy that will come in. And personally, my thought is, if he does not start. It'll be a battle between him and Coe. And in, in a big way, I think he's exactly what Isaiah Coe needs. Uh, Coe's, I would might say that they're similar in the regard that I think they have the same peaks when you watch their film. They will flash. You'll see Terry really bull an interior guard and, and just work him physically. And he's able to get upfield, uh, be disruptive. Uh, he's hard to move off the ball. Uh, I think he doesn't have maybe quite the, the, the valleys that Isaiah has had at times. I think Isaiah uh, Coke can kind of run a little hot and a little cold here and there. So having another guy that can come in and, you know, you need, uh, you know, Stutzman played almost a thousand snaps last year. So you, if Oklahoma plays eight or 900 uh, defensive snaps, you can't have defensive linemen playing 500 snaps, not defensive tackles. Those guys are going to, Going to top out at you know two fifty to two seventy five, so you need multiple guys. And uh, I think Oklahoma honestly got got a lot better because I think that was one of the biggest concerns for us was when you look at the team, you f- feel decent about you know some of the returners but you, you don't know what the depth looks like. And you're also left hoping that the move inside for Jonah, which I think he'll play the three. Uh, I sort of think Terry's probably more of a nose guard. You're left hoping, hey, is this collects form, uh, you know, getting him uh, playing on an edge against less athletic uh, offensive linemen. He'll, he'll flourish more. Uh, and, I, and I think he will. But, uh, yeah, I think Terry – Terry makes Oklahoma better immediately, and if he told me he starts uh, the majority of games for for OU, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised
2: at all. Yeah, you know the last big defensive tackle that OU really had, other than Jordan Phillips, it's like Demarcus Granger. You have to go back, you know, for for a three hundred plus name of a guy that really was very productive. And Granger was a great compliment to Gerald McCoy. He was the bigger run stuffer. He occupied guys. He allowed a Gerald to really attack. But you know that's 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 like 2006, 2007. It's been a and you know Jordan Phillips obviously had a couple of good years for OU and been so happy to see Jordan you know get a couple NFL contracts. But between them and you just mentioned Devontae lambkin I mean it's like 16 years we're talking and I, we got like three names of big defensive tackles that could that could really help the OU defense.
3: Yeah, uh, that and that's where man, I <laughs> to me that's where he's. It's a, uh, and I don't want to sit here and say he's a future first round draft pick, and you know he's he's Jalen Carter, because he, he's not he's not that. Uh, but you know when he, if at the end of the year he grades as, as the best defensive tackle in Oklahoma's defensive uh, tackle group, I it wouldn't be surprised. He's he's right on par to potentially being among, you know, being the best guy they've got in that room. If he's not, he'll be he'll be fighting for it as long as he's healthy and in shape. So yeah, I I it's been, you know, once upon a time they had you know, they rolled through guys that were that that size, whether it was, you know, Lynn Magruder and then on to, to Demarcus Granger and 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 those you know three hundred plus pound guys, but it's it's been a while. So to to get one in and the other thing that you love so much about him. He's got two years. So you've got a guy that can come in and play this year, give you 250, uh, 300 snaps, whatever it ends up being. And then when you go into next year, first year in the SEC, you've got a guy that's played 500 snaps of SEC football against Florida, against Georgia, Georgia. Against Alabama, he you know he's 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 lined up against those teams and played and played well. Some of his highlights, his better uh, moments are are against uh, are against LSU and against Florida. So that's 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 big.
0: Yeah, if you haven't seen his uh, Twitter announcement, go check that out. Pull it up. He's got a picture of him in in an OU jersey, and he looks the part for sure. He looks like he's 300 pounds, but he's really 20, 25 pounds, bigger than that.
2: that not was not, the avoid, one not avoiding arms day either arm day. He's not, <laughs> he's not <laughs> skipping day. arm You know, he would be happy that he's, he's not skipping arm day. That's, that's, that's for, unless that's photoshopped. He's, he's not missing arm day.
0: All right. And then another guy uh, who has visited this past uh, couple days, cornerback Josh Wallace from UMass. We're hearing good things. Uh we're not ready to put out a prediction yet or anything like that, but um the coaches really like this guy. He's a true corner, turn and run guy. Caleb, what do you think about Wallace? If OU can get his services, how would he help this defense?
3: Oh, that would be to me that's really interesting cuz I I do really like Gentry. Although he missed spring and had the medical. Uh I, if you if Oklahoma So, the thing with Wallace is he's a four year starter at UMass. He's played over 2,000 college snaps. He's one of the more experienced guys in all of college football, and it's been really good, consistent. Uh, You maybe remind he's he's bigger than CJ Colden. He's more physical than Colden. I think you look at the interception numbers, and and Colden as a junior, and particularly, was maybe, and that might have been the outlier for him, although he, at Oklahoma and interception. So uh, I guess I'm. it's not true because uh, he did it in half a season. Colden maybe had a little bit better ball skills. Uh, but, you know, a lot of times, and particularly in Oklahoma's defense with what Brent does, it's very different than what Alex Grinch with, you know, two coverages, and it's going to be playing man on the outside uh, 90% of the time, uh, and that other 10%, if that receiver runs vertical, it's man. So... Uh, it's it's going to be a lot of zone and you get those experienced guys like him He's six foot 190 really well put together he's physical he can make tackles in space and again goes back to just all that all that experience he has that lends itself to, you know, understanding how the offense is trying to attack you, understanding what they're trying to get accomplished in this situation, seeing it, being able to recognize it and and jump those, uh, jump those routes. Uh, you know, he saw his, his BBUs and his interception numbers just increase uh, throughout his career as he got more and more time under his belt at UMass. So I think he would be a guy that would come in and he would, he would be fighting. He would be fighting for a starting position. And if, if I think very minimum, he's going to be a rotational guy, maybe, you know, maybe your, your top four are, are Gentry and, uh, Woody and, and it would be Wallace and maybe a Wagner. Is going to fight in there? But I think he, uh, he would be a guy that would push for playing time and and compete. And that's maybe one of the things I've noticed the most about, um, I don't know if this year just seems different. If Brent learned something from last year, it doesn't seem, they're not resting on, Hey, I hope that Gentry comes around and Hey, I hope this guy takes this step. It's, we still hope that happens, but I'm also going to go out and get a really good football player to bring him in, drop him in that spot, and you know, as uh, as the Macho Man said, let the cream rise to the top. You know, so I think that's I think that's what you'd get with him uh, at 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 worst a rotational depth piece, at best a
0: starter. And and we believe Terry's got two years. Chris, does Wallace also have two years? Is there a a COVID year in there somewhere? Or yeah. Do we, Wallace does.
2: He does. No, got he, does. he does of COVID. So if, if Woody leaves, you could... Because one of the things I think, you know, I mean, it's interesting ta- It's interesting both tactically and strategically to, to see what Brent's done with the defensive pieces he's added. Because he's obviously added, you know, through the portal, you know, he's, he's added just pure talent like Dasan McCullough, right? Just maybe a top five guy that was in the portal regardless. And then he's added senior pieces to, to the D line at defensive end. And then he's added, you know, and then he's added some junior pieces in, in the spring portal, uh, Connor near, and now, you know, possibly um, Terry and possibly this um, Wallace who would all be seniors next year. And he's losing a lot of seniors, 25 seniors off the roster, losing a lot of players that you just got some leadership and experience to maybe help the 23 and the 24 classes not have to be so, so much of the focus in, in the, for the 24, for the potential 24 defense that he's been able to add pieces where, you know, you legitimately won't have to be just relying on all of the, on all the kids to be, you know, the sec year one, that, you know, you're not going to be throwing, you know, all of these kids to the wolves, um, uh, cause you know, cause you know, we saw in spring, the kids looked, the the kids looked good, right? We knew the kids were all looking good, but it's nice. Be nice. If, you know, Peyton Bowen has, has a senior at cornerback that he can, he can rely on to help him, you know, hit, when he's starting his sophomore year that, that, you know, let's just do a silly, we'll talk about him in a minute, but let's just say David Stone signs with OU and rolls early and, you know, you can you can put David's you know David is that good he's that guy you can put him next to you know a three hundred and twenty five pound you know dejon Terry on the D line right that you know look kid play the three technique burst get upfield um, I'm I'm the hammer in the middle just just go attack so just something along those lines that it's just it's strategically it looks like you know tactically he's filling gaps but it also looks for next for this year like I'm not. You know, Brent made that promise at the spring game. We're not going to go six and seven again. I'm not having that happen again. And it's like Brent's specifically on defense a little bit after they got, after they got Brendan Thompson on offense and gave Emmett, you know, hey, Emmett, here's a track star. Go, you know, I've given you, you know, here's an elite speed track star. Go make him a wide receiver. You know, the rest of it's really been kind of defensive focused. And it's, I'm going to, I'm not going to have, if, If Stutzman goes down, Connor Neer is going to lead my linebacker group, right? If Gentry can't play, I want Josh Wallace to be next to Woody Washington while Wagner and Vickers are learning to to play, right? If somebody goes down on the inside, you know, I don't want to have to play Grayson Holton or uh, Ashton Sanders, you know, 200 snaps a game. I'll get them in, but, you know, I... I, I'm going to make sure that you know the the fault points on the defense that I've got. a have got two guys. I'm not going to be I, the, the talented youngsters will be out there, but they will be out there with a veteran to help them.
3: So you, you you hit the point that I I posted this on the board, and I don't know if this is a if it was completely by design, and if Brent really if it was. I, well, listening to him speak, he, he does go pretty in depth with uh, just his vision for things. So it probably is, but like you nailed it. My thoughts with it is what it does like Terry in particular, if you just use him as, as that example, what Terry does is not only on the front end, does it make you better today, this year, and it gives you what possibly could be your best interior defensive lineman, you know, on this roster experienced and He's done all that. Right. The other part it gives you is it gives you that flexibility where with a Grayson Halton, with an Ashton Sanders, with all these younger kids that you like, I don't have to throw you to the wolves. I think you're going to be great. Hey, we've heard that when they go to scrimmage, Grayson Halton, he's good for one sack every scrimmage. At some point, he's going to beat a guard and he's going to win. He's going to get a sack. So, hey, guess what? I don't have to play you on fourth and one. I don't have to play you on third and three. I'm going to play you on third and 13. Every third and 13, I'm throwing you out there, putting you over their fattest guard who struggles to move his feet. Go whip his ass. Go get me a sack. Go pressure the quarterback. Go get me a hurry. You just It allows them to be very strategic with, I think, how they want to develop those young kids. You don't have to, you know, again, you don't have to throw them to the wolves. You can say, I want to find places in this game where I know I'm setting you up for success and then put them in there when you feel like they have a bit of an advantage to, you know, their skill set to be successful. And then you're able to, to develop it. I think it's where near, near could help with like a Jaron Canick, you know, is, hey, Jaron's got every physical tool in the world. He's extremely focused on wanting to be his very best, but he's really short on any experience playing inside linebacker. Let's go get a really experienced inside linebacker, you know, and, and now we can just say, hey, Jaron, we're going to put you in positions where we know on – you know, in these formations at this point in the game, they like to do certain things. We're going to plug you in, you know, limited game plan some regards for you. You know exactly what's coming. Just go be that guy.
0: Chris, you mentioned, you know, having a fallback if one of these guys gets hurt or whatever. We we did get the news last week on another transfer, Jacob Lacey, potentially out for the year. So that kind of freed up a scholarship, for Terry, but with all these other names out there still, uh, the corners, you got Paea still kind of, uh, you know, he's on, we think he's on campus this weekend as a possible addition. How is, you know, OU making all this work with all these additions,
2: scholarship wise? Well, I honestly don't know. I, I do think we have to hearken back to kind of the warning Brent gave during spring where he was talking about Someone asked about Dabo basically saying that he's going to have to pull some walk-on scholarships and Brent saying the same thing. So I think if you're a walk-on scholarship earner and you're not named Gavin Freeman, I think there's a chance you may not be a scholarship player this fall. Now, OU's NIL money for walk-ons has really helped. It's helped to recruiting, helps with these guys. So I think that kind of mediates the issue, but I think we're going to have the the unhappy, un uncelebratory moment. Uh, I'm dying, actually, for them to videotape a, a kid being told that he's no longer, you know, got a scholarship offer just so we could have the counterpoint to be feel the feel great. Ah, you know, it's, a, it's, it's a dark comedy moment, right? Like, hey, come on up. Yeah, yeah, we're taking your scholarship away. And then have the whole team be like, oh, man, you know, like, boo, or, you know, something along those lines. It's got, sort of a... It's a dark moment, but I mean, like, this is just the reality of '85 and what OU is trying to do and get accomplished. I mean, Brent is literally saying, "Look, I, I need these ships for a experienced linebacker. I need this ship for an experienced cornerback." And
3: hey, you know, it's like a uh, it's, it's it's Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. First place is a Cadillac Eldorado. Second yep. place, set of steak knives. Third place, you're freaking fired. <laughs>
2: Well, it's just, it's just tough. So I think it's going to be, you know, I don't, you know, we, I think, you know, we could joke about some of the things Brent does and some of his long-winded, you know, kind of interview answers and some of those things that kind of, you know, have kind of become sort of, you know, not, not, memes, but just jokes internally. But I I don't have any doubt that Brent really cares about his players. He he really cares about the direction they go in and and pulling a scholarship from a, from a walk-on guy is like the last, it's like killing part of Brent's soul to do it. But barring some exits that we we don't know about, and I'm not going to start projecting names and throw some kids under the bus because that's not that's not really nice either. Um, barring some other re- barring some some other guys in August first, just saying yeah, I'm not a sooner any longer. And you know, there's some academics that could happen over the summer where someone could be a grad transfer and be eligible to transfer and be elig- be eligible this fall. The The whole eligible fall thing is only the part and the portal part of that only applies to guys who haven't graduated unless you're trying to transfer inside the sec. And then there's like a, as Caleb has posted on our message board, there's a whole other set of rules about that. So I don't know how they're going to make it work though. You will be by hook or by crook will be at 85 come August 31st, but I, how they reach that number. I, at this point, I don't know if they add, if they were to add paella and and wallace by our best projections ou is i think four over and i don't know that there's four walk on scholarships beyond gavin freeman that you could that you could pull so i i don't know what's going to happen there it's 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 a mystery um uh, you know our, our our fellow 360 uh moderator kyle dahlgren's working on a scholarship uh as you mentioned working on a scholarship matrix for the message board and it's it's hard to see how this all works but by hook or by crook it's it's going to so
0: well caleb do you do you think with all these changes you know i think i know your answer but do you think ou has shored up this defense enough to to make a difference you know all these roster changes these guys inside and out um adding all these guys, especially late, is this this enough to push OU over the hump this fall? I think so, Uh,
3: and I really do. And I think what's interesting when you kind of pull back and just look again, I think, at the transformation over the last, uh, what, 18 months, and let's just assume, hey, uh, Terry comes in, let's assume he wins a spot. And if he doesn't win a spot, you know, worst case, those defensive tackles are going to rotate a ton, right? I mean, you'd look at your defensive line and there's a really good chance, you know, first snap against Texas or first snap of the year, you look out there and it's Rondell, Bothroyd, it's it's uh, it's Ford at the other, you know, rush spot. And inside it's Jonah Lulu at your three technique and it's station Ontario at your nose guard spot. And those are four guys that weren't on your roster last year. And you could look at inside linebacker. And, and I do not mean this to be, an asshole. Uh, I'll, I'll just say it right. When you look at and it's one of the only things you've got, and you ha- you can get internal grades for the players if you know the coaches and they're willing to give it to you, and, and you can sometimes you can lean on uh, like uh, uh, PFF. But uh, David Igwebu <laughs> ranked 727th among linebackers last year in PFF grades. He was among the very worst in the country, and I and I say that thing, and you know, I always thought. I, and I've said this for a long time. He was, he was misplaced, Al- right? He's misplaced. I blame Alex Grinch. Yeah, Alex yeah he's Grinch. misplaced. Yeah, he Alex misplaced. Grinch is like, not a Mike, sh- Not a Mike linebacker. Not a he Mike linebacker. Shoot, he should shoot Alex Grinch. He spent when COVID happened, they broke and they went home. He spent the entire summer. If you follow them on social media, working past rush. I saw he played, you know, rush linebacker as a true freshman. That's where he was going to play. And when they came back in 2020 for fall camp, I don't know why. Alex Ranch said, Hey, it'd be great if we rotated you instead of it at your rush, because you're 6'4, 250. Let's rotate you to the inside linebacker.
2: I, I can tell you why. I can tell you why they did it. They wanted to get they they had so few playmakers, they wanted to get Benito and Ogwobi on the field at the same time. I mean, I the that's wild it. thing that's, is that's it. That's it. That's the and then and then he goes
3: about rotating everybody every three snaps or whatever. I know, I
2: know he could have <laughs> rotated Benito and Ogwobi and, and it been and it'd have been fine. And, it had, yeah. and had Benito and had Benita and had Ogwobi ready when Benito left early. So it's yeah. but that's the it, reason why they don't that Baylor game where Agwobi and Benito and the Oklahoma State game where they both were making play after play. And there was no
3: drop-off at the edge because they and were both no playing well they there. were
2: they were playing. He was he's like, I gotta get both of these guys on the field at the same time. And I'm not running a and I'm not running a three-four true linebacker system and they can both be rush and linebackers at the same time. I mean, he's that's yeah. not, that's not his system. So I think that's the, I understand it, but you're right. He's, it, it was a stupid decision.
3: Yeah, I think so too, because at the end of the day, I, to me, if you're going to rotate him at inside linebacker, you're going to rotate him wherever he's at, right? Whether he's at rush or whether he's at inside linebacker. I would rather rotate him where he's the most impactful and where he's at his best, which is going to be at rush. And that's where he'll play at Houston, right. Is a rush outside linebacker. So I think he'll do much better in that role. I don't know. And hopefully I like the kid. So I hope he's had, you know, uh, he's just kind of, let will say reinvented, but reinvigorated, but a long winded way of saying he was not very good at inside linebacker for Oklahoma last year in that scheme. He just struggled. And I'll rightfully say the two defensive ends in front of him, Ethan Downs and, and Reggie Grimes in particular. In particular, Reggie Grimes really, really, really struggled to ever keep him clean. You know, if you're if the tight end tackle either one of them or releasing to your inside linebacker and you don't touch that guy and then you don't squeeze him down that gap, like you're just screwing everybody. And they did a lot of screwing last year. And so, I mean, and then you had this song. They
0: didn't really have another choice.
3: No, they didn't. And that's, it goes back to that we were talking a little bit about with all these additions. The other thing you've done is you've increased the competition. So not all of you gotten better at the, at the top end where you said, hey, we went out and we've gotten better at the top end with, you know, Desan McCallough, all these guys we've also done is we've increased our depth and we've increased our competitive depth where now these folks can all push each other. You know, hopefully Ethan Downs learns a lot from Rondell Bothroyd and grows as a player and they push each other, make each other better. You know, so I do, I think they've gotten better all over the place. And I also, I agree with Reggie Pearson's dad. I think Reggie is, I think he's, close to maybe arguably is among the top 10 safeties in what will be this coming draft class. I think that's, you know, I think that you could dive in and, you know, pick your poison. What do you like more? But I will say, or I really agree with him. I think what Reggie does really well is picture perfect for what Brent likes to do with his safeties, which he wants aggressive guys
2: that can. Come and what our safeties the weren't, what our safeties weren't doing last year.
3: Yeah, I mean, and again, not to pick on a guy, you can go back to what was an unbelievably crucial drive against Texas Tech was one of the ones I think they either went down and where they took the lead or they tied it, and it's in third and six. Coaches call it up perfect, and you've got Broyles coming downhill. He is a free hitter on the back, and he just whiffs, and then he lets the back get outside of it, and they pick up a 10 and, and gain a first down. You know, And if you watch Reggie's film – when he's a free hitter, balls are usually coming loose and guys are getting hurt. He, he is a thumper. He will come get you. So, uh, you know, and you pair him with what should be an improved key Lawrence. But, again, that also speaks to the competition between those two guys. They will make each other better. Uh, and then a, hopefully what stays a fully healthy Billy Bowman. I do. I think they've gotten better long-winded way. I think they're better at the top end with improved starters – you know, improve impact players. And I think that also, you know, that pushes it down, you know, it, it'll make your depth better as well.
0: All right. So we'll circle back to uh, some high school talk. Uh, Chris, Caleb, interested to hear your opinion on this. Uh, lately, David Stone's been making the rounds of the Oklahoma high school camps. Uh, what What do you all think about that? You know, is he just, having some fun while he's at, he's back at home. Is he recruiting some guys? What, what do you think's going on there?
2: We've been on our site. It's been very clear. And and if, and if you can tell by our podcasts, I've been leaning more and more that OU is building, building a lead for David stone, right? It just, everything is sort of adding up that way. And it looks to me that David stone is kind of on a tour of Oklahoma city saying, "I'm I'm coming back. I'm I'm gonna be the big dog at Oklahoma. If you if you wanna be if if you're in state, you need to be following, you know, I'm the Pied Piper. I'm 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 the you know, the parallels between him and Gerald McCoy are kind of are kind of scary at this point. Like it's like it's 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 just like how how is how can they how can they be how can this all match up so how can they they align so so well? So I think he's I mean you know, there's a great Twitter post by our competitor, you know, Josh McQuishon over at Sooner Scoop where David Stone apparently took his camera and was taking photos of one of these scrimmages. I, I mean, he, he's, you know, his level of comfort with the with an OU recruiting writer, you know, I, I, it's, it's kind of hard to ignore that a little bit that he feels, you know, he just said, sort of, hey, Josh, can I borrow your camera? Um, I, I want to take some photo of, of the next generation of Oklahoma, you know, of in-state talent. Um, and my buddy, um, Michael Patterson, McDonald, he went to his scrimmage. He went to go visit his old high school football coach. Apparently it, I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm reading conspiracies in here that don't exist, but I think if he was really going to Florida or Miami or Michigan state or whoever's left on his list, I, I would you, would you really be investing this much in, Going to look at all, everything going on in Oklahoma City football.
3: Yeah, my thoughts are oh, similar in that regard. I, I I do think he's he's back home, right? He he spent is it the last two years? He played a sophomore year at Dell City, or did he play a, right? Or did he play a sophomore? Yeah, year? yeah,
2: yeah, that's right. Yeah, he did. Did he or did he? No, play, he, yeah, had, no he. No, he. Has he, he played
3: two years at IMG or just one?
2: He's played one, but he transferred after. I think he transferred right after his Dell city sophomore okay. year is over. So he's, been so, there he's a while. been, so he's been there a while. So it's been two years, but one season. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: So I do think there's some of it that's, Hey, I'm, I'm just, I'm coming back home for the summer or for some period of time, uh, you know, where he's just out having fun, seeing everybody that he grew up with and knows really well. But I think what you hit on Chris is, and everyone has had this experience, right? Uh, you, you, Maybe not everyone, maybe some people were loved and endeared the place that they grew up, but I think it often shapes you. And most people, you know, when you're young, you just want to get out and get away from it. And then when you get out and get away from it, you realize everywhere is kind of like everywhere else, right? It's just the people, you know, it's, you have far away syndrome where it's like, oh, this other place is going to be so much better than this other where I grew up. And you get out and away from it, like, you know what? I miss where I grew up. I miss the people. I'm comfortable there. I think it's what's showing as much as anything is when he's home, he's home. Here I think there's a realization maybe I don't know if he's had it yet, but hey, Oklahoma's home and there is a really deep level of comfort with all the people. You know, it's it's family, and I probably know. I think he knows everyone around the bay. I want the best for him. I think even Gerald, that's put you know, GK Gerald McCoy's pushing really hard on social media for, you know, hey guy, get get your butt to Norman and that's where you need to be, and I'll help you, and you will be successful. And Brent's the right guy. I think everyone he knows deep down everybody wants. In Oklahoma, they want what's best for David. Uh, So I I think, if I'm reading a lot into it, I could still see him choosing another school if, in the end, he he makes a decision and comes to the conclusion of this school will help me reach my goals the best, and that's where I need to be. Uh, I personally, I think it's really hard-pressed with Todd Bates and Brent Venables in Norman for that scenario, you know, for that conclusion to be made. And, you know, I think you're seeing maybe a little bit of home is where the heart is. And, you know, maybe it's maybe it is in Oklahoma for him.
0: Well, he'll he'll be one of the visitors in June. I think Chris is getting closer and closer to possibly having a prediction. So stick to Sooners 360 for the latest on that. Uh, but. Chris, all all the June visits seem to be set at this point. I'm sure there'll be one or two more surprises popping up, but I'll turn this last segment over to you, kind of our typical little game show, uh, if you will, and I'll have you kind of walk us through some of these questions that you have.
2: Okay, so as again, we we detailed how big these two weekends in June are coming up. We just talked about all the new players being added. And on our website, we have a really good visitor tracker. Uh, Saptown sooner kind of feeding me, feeding me info, and me updating this this pretty big table at this point of guys visiting. So June 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 appears to be set. It's not. I don't imagine any more big changes to June. Of course, I say that, and next week I'll have like three new names or something added to it. But right now, let's presume the two big weekends in June are set, especially the 16th with 20 kids. So working off those working off those two weekends, who is your biggest surprise that is visiting uh OU in June? And Matt, we'll start with you and then we'll have go to Caleb.
0: Uh I think I mean Eddie Pierre Lewis might be one. It, it that name was was up there on your list, Chris, uh a couple months ago and then he kind of disappeared. But I, I'm going to have to go with Kobe Black, um, five star, you know, top 25 player. I think he's number three as a corner um, from an area in Texas that we haven't really been too successful in. He did visit, uh, I believe, the last weekend of January, Chris. If if uh, my memory serves me correct, there's a was lot in, of names. It was
2: it was in March. Oh, it was in March. Okay, maybe yeah. it, was, I mean, oh, it was closer than the I like- thought during the 70 names that of flying through campus in March between 24 and 25. So it's easy easy to lose track of it.
0: So I guess that's, that's a better sign. It's a little closer to this weekend than, than, uh, than I thought, but still, that's, that's a big name. Um, Jay Valai, we know he, he's a dog. Uh, He's out there hunting, getting Kobe back on campus for an official visit on kind of this smaller weekend, but a couple guys leaning OU's way. I think that's a, a big win to, to have him scheduled this weekend.
2: All right, Caleb, your surprise.
3: I, I'm glad you didn't take mine, Matt. Uh, uh, I, this one was actually fairly easy. It's, it was, it was Terry Bussey. Is it Bussy or Busey? I don't know. I'm going to say Bussey just because okay. it's not spelled like Busey. Although, you know, give me two Utah. uh that's the best movie of all time arguably uh
0: i won't fight you on that one
3: right uh point break for anyone the original is uh you know it's amazing johnny utah but anyway uh so i I didn't even know that oklahoma was still conversing uh with bussy and then when I watched this film after he announced, like the first thing that popped out to me was like, God, that kid is strong. He is just running through garbage and trash because he plays a lot. of You see him at Wildcat quarterback and they get in the ball in a lot of different ways. And he just runs through everything with ease and doesn't really lose any of his uh, uh, acceleration or speed in doing so. And so I thought, ah, oh, you know, it's probably a, a kid that, runs like four fives and then you see these running four fours and running 10 500 meter as a uh as a junior and i'm like okay that's why he's a five star uh it's amazing to me that they're getting him on campus for an official on the biggest weekend uh that they've got year to date uh so yeah that one is that was really like that's uh i mean that's swinging for the fences and and getting one right down the alley so it's it's impressive
2: so I'm, I'm going to choose Eddie Pierre-Louis because I had completely written him off. Um, he looked like he was staying in state. He was focusing on like USF, Florida. Um, didn't seem that interested at FSU uh, that I can see. So I had just thought that, you know, he wanted to stay locally. Didn't want to go that far. Um, so him to actually come on an official visit, you know, the Lewis Carter effect is is something to track there. Lewis will be on campus. Lewis could show him around and from old reports that we had, Lewis Carter was like the alpha of that football team. So if Lewis Carter says, Eddie, I need you in Norman. I, I, I don't know. That doesn't carry a lot of weight. So, and Oh, you, and it's not like, Oh, you didn't have good offensive linemen already coming on campus, but when you add I mean, bricks, Poe and EPL, I mean, and, at at guard, that's a, uh, and and Jason Zendamella at center, who could also play guard. I mean, that's that's four serious inter- inside guys that Bill has a has a chance at. I mean, you know, if you had, you know, Zendamella as your future center, and he's going to be easily three hundred pounds after a workout session, and you've got like EPL at left guard, and then bricks at right, and you're just you just you're going to be killing some folks. So that's my surprise. I, I, I thought it was done. I thought it was over and finished. And now he's, and now OU's got an official visit. Anything's possible, right? Some NIL money makes it abundantly obvious that uh, some plane flights to Norman are possible. We're playing in the SEC. So all of a sudden, uh, three or four of those games are drivable, easily drivable. So um, away games. So that's the one. All right. So, that's the good part of this. Who's your biggest disappointment that an OU visit does not to be does not appear to be happening? So Matt, we're gonna we're gonna let you go first for all, for all of these. So who's your biggest disappointment that it doesn't look like it's happening for OU and this guy?
0: So I've I've got one at the top of my list, but I have a feeling that Caleb is gonna go with him. So uh, yeah. go I'll, for I'll it skip. because
3: I, I'm un, I don't know.
0: Okay. Uh I'll go with Liam Andrews. I know you really like him, Caleb. I really I like him. I think he, he looks like a fantastic athlete. He kind of fits that um thinner tackle mold that we talked about earlier in the podcast, but um, I, I
3: like him. I like him more at defensive tackle than I do Sims you know, when the the workout tape came out maybe two weeks ago from uh, his high school held like a pro day workout day, all the college coaches are there. He he bends and moves. He's explosive. Yeah, that's a good one.
0: Yeah, so I I think, um, you know, he's been OU twice on his own dime all the way from Massachusetts. Uh, It seemed like we had an inside track on that a couple months ago, and then the last month or two, we haven't really heard much about him. I think he's focused on some East coast schools, uh, Florida, et cetera. So uh, I've got Liam up there and I almost went with another guy um, that we haven't heard from in a while. Um, What was his name? I just had it right here Um, out of California, Aiden Breland. So I I hope I'm not stealing that from anybody, but we haven't heard from him in a while either. Uh, Chris, I know we were kind of in on him early, but
2: uh, that's kind of faded away. Yeah. We've fallen off. He's, he's not, he's going elsewhere. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a name that was floating around a couple of visit, visited on his own dime, thought we were going to have a visit for the spring game didn't happen. And then just things sort of fell off there. So, all right, Caleb, you've got uh, the other than your, your favorite Massachusetts defensive tackle, everything's wide open for you.
3: You know what though? You say that. And when you look at the, the two lists of folks coming in, there's just not a lot of kids that you would say like, man, they just, I really, really wish they would have got him in. Uh, And we talked a little bit on, on uh, Ellis Davis and he might be on that list, but there's so many other really good tackles coming in that they're setting in that top two or three, four, that you can understand if they're, if they're looking back and saying, Oh, let's, let's hold it. Uh, Let's hold that a little bit there. You know, The only kid I will say then I'll add to this and I think he'll take a visit later, but would be Danny Okoye. Uh, I think. All right. All right.
2: right. I'm, I'm I'm official game show ruling. You cannot use Danny Okoye because we know he's not visiting (laughs) in June and we're very sure that he's going to visit in the fall. So you you just, you hit a whammy, press your luck. You just, you just hit a whammy. So so you're, you're telling
3: gonna, me I I can't pick the best edge rusher the state of Oklahoma has produced in over 20 years as
2: as the one? Well, you you could have two weeks ago because okay we were nowhere with him, but now that he's you know now that he may show up at on OU's campus like three times over the summer. No, 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 you, no, no and no, he's no, no.
3: I, I suppose it's possible he could still come in for an unofficial that weekend. Uh,
2: yeah, he could be at the party of the palace and the barbecue weekend. Yeah. Okay, so let's so choose him. Can't choose him. The
3: other kid is. And gonna... you can't
2: choose Bryant Wesco either.
3: Because <laughs> we know he's coming in at some point.
2: Because we know he's coming in at some point.
3: Okay, so I'll go Tylan uh, Singleton, uh, the safety out of Manny, Louisiana.
2: Wow. Okay, all right. That's a great name. Good point. I
3: mean, you know, I think one of the things we've talked a little bit about, and you, I'll give, you know, I don't mind giving you tons of credit. Uh, at any point, you've you've nailed this that hey, maybe one of the things you'd like to see from the safety position or just from the defensive back position as it relates to you know all the kids coming in is a bit more length, a bit more size. He is that at 6'3", 200 pounds. Uh, he's a one of the better safeties in the country And Louisiana, while it's really difficult to recruit there, it's not a terrible trek to get to Norman and they do have McKinley coming in. So, uh, and you know, you've got KJ Daniels committed from the boot already. Uh, you know, it'd be
2: nice to see if they could, have got a kid like that. Okay. I'm going to go with running back, Nate Frazier. I really thought that, OU had a chance with him since we have, I mean, we've gone up and down the Caden Durham story on this podcast. I mean, it's he's all for considering he's a running back and not a five-star defensive lineman. Caden, we've really, if you're listening, we've really given you as much airtime as like any prospect the last three months. I think that's pretty right, man. Don't you think that we've the Caden Durham, we've we've talked a lot about Caden Durham. So, yeah, I
0: mean, his track every exactly. week was, was a yeah. better uh, time than the week before.
2: So, If he's going to LSU, I would like to see if he, if he, if LSU is really where he's going to go, I would like to see Nate Frazier schedule a visit. He's the most, other than Durham, I think he's the number two speed back in the country. He's a little bigger. Um, The the Taylor Tatum, an OU connection getting warmer and warmer, you know, it's lessening my desire for Nate Frazier. But I watch his film and I'm just like, you know, with his just one cut and gone ability and, and how that would fit in the OU, uh, OU scheme, um, just, you know, hitting his head on the goalposts for long run after long run in our scheme. So I'm going to go with Nate Frazier um, as, a, as a backup. One last other name is Elijah Rushing is this really great defensive end from um, from Tempe, sorry, from Tucson. Um, OU's been after him for a while. He's great on film, 6'6", 225. And OU has just never been able to dent his top five. And OU's done well recruiting Arizona in the past. I'm just like, just can't figure out why OU couldn't dent. Couldn't dent his, uh, he would be the perfect rush end uh, compliment in this class. And it just never, never could get to make it work. So.
3: so if I would have chosen Jason Ross, would you have told me he didn't count because we think he's going to take a visit later on? Yes. <laughs> Cause he I thought of him. Because okay. similar to similar to Russian, they kind of fit that mold.
2: They do. They do. So okay. All right. So we've gone surprises, disappointments. Now we need to go to the uncomfortable territory of man crushes. All right. So other than the five star defensive line, and I will define that as Stone, Nawiri, JJA, McKinley. Other than those four guys. Who is your biggest man crush in the class where you're you're sort of un, you're you're sort of like gushing a little uncomfortably and you're following a little little more closely than you than you probably uh you know that that a that a fat head of this high school athlete could somehow show up in the background of a of a video podcast in the future. So Matt, who, who is your who are you willing to admit is your man crush in the class?
0: Uh I might have to go with Zion Kearney. Uh, he's already committed, which is a bonus. Um, maybe it's a little bit of crimson glasses there, but at his size and he—he's so fluid. At and he's and
2: he is visiting. He does technically he he matched because he is visiting, so he's taking an official visit. So taking an official
0: right. visit, already committed. He's got you know, let's see, he's sixty eighth right now in the composite number thirteen overall receiver. So he's got some love, obviously, from the recruiting services, but. I mean, I think this guy with with that speed and that fluidity at 200 ish pounds, he just he looks fantastic. Uh, he really pops on tape. I th- I think he's a uh, you know in that five star conversation, especially if he does have a good senior year and shows out at at camps um, later this summer and uh, maybe did did he uh, has he confirmed an All Star game yet? chris do you know
2: no i'm sure he's in one i'm, um, I'm
0: sure he's in one and i'm sure, I'm sure he'll invites
2: he go to both so i'm not sure which one he chose i'm but, sure yeah.
0: he'll show out and i i wouldn't be surprised if he's pushing five star uh by by the end of the rankings by by signing day
2: i have a sooner friend of mine I had this argument with he was insisting zion kearney was underrated i'm like He's the number sixty-seven player in the country. How is that underrated? He's like, well, he's like a five-star. Why isn't he a five-star? So you are you are not alone in your in your man crush, um, your your uncomfortable man 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 crush on on Zion Kearney. All right, Caleb, I really should make you not choose an offensive lineman, but I'm not. Gonna I'm not priority. going to.
3: I'm not oh, going right, to. You're not, you're not going
2: O line. Wow, I can't a, believe uh,
3: this is not completely obvious who my choice would be.
2: I I know who it is. I know. It's gonna Bra- be like, probably, yeah, I know it's going to be. Okay. Go ahead.
3: Braden Platt.
2: Yeah. okay yeah
3: all right. I mean and it is like so when you said, uncom- you follow you followed it uh <laughs> uncomfortably close like absolutely I like I, he posted something on Twitter well, what's like his, what's ago. his favorite
2: what's his favorite table oh, wine what's his favorite table you know, know I, you know that? Don't you, don't, you, you don't know that yet okay I don't
3: right. know that I just know that like I, you know you pull up his Twitter and there's pictures of him shirtless and you're like okay this is uncomfortable uh <laughs> so but I mean he is he's a monster I six two. Two forty two, two forty three. I uh, z like he's built like like a, I remember. Was it uh, Randy White had the nickname Manster? Like Braden
2: Platt could have the nickname Manster. Uh, runs and he's and he's, he's good at track and field. We just found out in the last thirty days oh, he's a track and field monster.
3: He's that would honestly, and we've talked about this on the board. Like one of the concerns is like, hey, at two forty three, at Seventeen years old. Is he going to get too big? But you watch him run, and you're like, he's probably a four or five guy because he's so explosive. You know, his first ten is insane. I mean, he's probably you know again like four, five, five, four five seven. I'm not saying he's you know four five zero. Oh. You know, you watch him, you're like, my God, he runs better than Xavier uh, Henderson or was it the the, the kid from uh, Carl Albert? Like acceleration is noticeably better. I actually think the bigger concern is not that he gets too big to play inside linebacker for the sake of playing inside linebacker. I think the risk with him is, does he decide at some point he wants to go try to be an Olympic shot putter or an Olympic javelin thrower? And he just focuses there and and does go to like 275, you know, just yoked up because, yeah, I think it was he's got the number six shot put. A distance in the country this year as a junior and he's got the second or third I think it's the third best javelin throw of any high school athlete in the country this year as a junior and it's the first year apparently he's ever thrown javelin so my god he hadn't even really figured format yet he's just a brute getting it out there uh, He, yeah I'm, he's I think you know Stanley Brown rightfully so is is that five star you know, number one inside linebacker in the country. I think all the recruiting services are smoking crack if they don't watch Braden Platt's film and say that's the number two inside linebacker <laughs> in the country that's arguably in the conversation for five-star. And I think Rivals has him unranked as a three-star. It's pretty wild. And he's visiting next week. All right? Or not next week, but the 16th.
2: The, the 16th, yeah. It's uh, yeah. We're hoping that Northwest... Um, Northwest Recruiting Connection, OU established out of like nowhere last year. Can uh maybe I-, I can see Josiah Wagner and Platt maybe hitting it off in terms of, you know, Josiah says, I'm gonna go destroy a couple of things in practice. You wanna do you wanna go hit something with me? And I can see Platt be like, Yeah, let's yeah, like let's do that. Hey, let's, do that. let's go, let's is there a wall we can go run for? Yeah, yeah, let's all right. You know, something along those lines. But and uh, Ozetta
0: I, will be on campus, right? Yeah, yeah. and
2: and and Hey, he's not I, driving down. I think mean, he's flying. Let's, uh, yeah, yeah, please, please. <laughs> <Junk there. Heath. laughs> uh, let your mom or dad drive or just, just, a, just, you know, you know, be, be safe Heath. We, or we, buy we,
0: buy your new truck in Norman. Yeah, big exactly.
2: Red. Yeah. For big red, be be safe Heath. So my, my biggest man crush, and I said, I couldn't use a D lineman. So I'll just say, obviously Dominic McKinley is my biggest man crush. I stupidly want him in Norman. To a degree that doesn't really make sense because getting away from LSU is going to be incredibly tough. But ignoring that rule,
0: and you disqualified Danny Akoye,
2: and I disqualified Danny Akoye, so I can't use him either. Because if I want letting, if I'm not letting uh, Caleb use him in the other category, I can't use him for this. the 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 man crush I'm I'm, I'm tracking really, it's it's, it's 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 a combo. It's Justin Denson or Vabu Torre. I really want a big safety in this class. If Caleb is stuck on, I want six foot six, 280 pound offensive lineman. I am stuck on, I want a six to 200 pound safety in this class. And Valbu Torre to me and Justin Denson, both from like, it's New Jersey and And uh, Rhode Island, I don't think OU's- I think it's Rhode Island, yeah. It's Rhode Island. I don't think OU's (laughs) ever- I I just kind of want a kid to- OU to sign a kid from Rhode Island because we've never had a kid. I mean, Denson on film's a hitter, a killer. So's Tore. You know, we got a couple of those guys in the last class with um, Day McCullough and, you know, and Bowen and, you know, and Vickers could be a cornerback safety, whichever one he wants. He's just, he's that skilled. I just want some guy, 6'2", 200 pounds, flanking, you know, flanking Jaden Hardy, who's, you know, six foot 190, going to be like six foot 190, great ball skills, great cover skills. I just want a, I just want a, elite looking safety flanking those guys. So that was, that's, Especially that's if- my man. That's my man crush. It's the, it's the dual Northeast safeties. I just want one of them. I'm not asking for much. I don't want both. I don't, I'm not, I know both is asking too much. I just want a big safety in the class who is going to hit people and, make make wide receivers a little nervous
0: especially if mccullough grows out of the position and moves to linebacker which is certainly possible i mean his brother's a monster and boganowski if he's part of the class he's certainly a candidate to move to will yeah uh, as well so yeah i'm with you there
2: i want one true i you know the d-line class looks great uh, the linebacker duo. If you get me Braden Platt and just one of the Will guys on the on the board, that's fine with that. Uh, but I want I want a real. I want a tall safety. Um, uh, you know, Valai seems to have adding a tall cornerback as a focus right now. So that seems to be good. So, but my crush is I. You know, I watch Dennison's film. And I'm like, how is this the 700th player in the nation? And it's because he plays in Rhode Island. I mean, and plus he's got a cool name. He's the he's the Slim Reaper. That's what he calls himself on Twitter. So
3: <laughs> That's um, one of the best I've heard. I got,
2: you got to like, like, like a guy with a great nickname too. So that's my man crush. All right. This is a tough one. Who is your lock to be a Sooner by July 1st?
0: I don't know if it's that tough, Chris. I think you've got me convinced. You've got me on the stone train. I think things are lining up that he's going to commit possibly even that weekend, kind of get the ball rolling. I know we have six commits, but similar to last year, some dominoes started falling and they really started rolling. So I I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sticking my my neck out there and saying
2: David stone. All right. Caleb.
0: A lock to
3: be by July 1st.
2: Yeah. You're, you're locked. Like I'm (sighs) like, somehow, somehow I'm running an illegal recruiting betting site. Which is like the best idea ever, and also the worst idea ever, right?
3: <laughs> honestly, <laughs> as big as it's getting with these sites, if you, I mean, I, honestly, I'm going to tangent. I hate like what On Three is trying to do with really pushing the NIL thing.
2: Yeah, like that the, whole on NIL weekend thing was a little NIL creepy. weekend it was, it was a little
3: creepy. Yeah, creepy. Oh, unbelievable! And it's just like. I don't know. I get it. They're trying to like, they think NIL is going to be a big driver moving forward. They want a differentiator for their site. So they're hitching their wagons to that. It just feels unbelievably creepy how they're going about it. And then you go on their site and they they put a number next to each kid's name that they just make up out of thin air, like literally out of thin air. We just snag it. Yeah, hey, throw this on that. And it's it's like, like they're
2: playing risk and I'm like, Oh, all of a sudden I have 500 armies in Kamchatka. And you're <laughs> it's, just like, you can't do that. There's no rule. I'm like, no, well, I just made it up. I can just do this.
3: But so. just the thought of like applying a, uh, a monetary value to these high school kids,
2: you know, it's beyond icky. Like yeah. it's all right. It, well, well let's pretend I've gone the icky level further and I've got an illegal recruiting gambling site that I'm running out of my shell company. And, uh,
3: on3 yeah. will acquire you in six yeah, weeks. Yeah, I'm,
2: done. I'm, done. I'm, running, I'm running an illegal an illegal recruiting betting site out of Estonia from a server I have there. And uh, David my...
0: Stone is plus 200 yeah, to exact, commit by exa- July 24th. Exactly.
2: So you have, you know, I'm like, I've said, hey, I'm running this site. It's going great. Hey, you're my co-hosts. Uh, I'm, I've, you know, I've been illegally giving tips on the site and code throughout the entire podcast this spring. Um, I'm said, hey, I got hey, it's a thousand bucks on my free thousand bucks on my site. But you can only bet it on one guy for Oklahoma by by July 1st. Who are you betting but, your thousand bucks on?
3: You know, I want to go Easton Baker, the linebacker out of Utah.
2: I think that is a fantastic bet, but you know, uh, the, there's not much money on there. There's not, not much money. money
3: on- my only concern is with Nesta dropping his list to three, him coming in. If if Baker tried to commit, would they say, like, hey, let's hold off? I don't think they would. Um. Uh, yeah, I'm, I would. The other one I'm thinking is Grant Bricks. He just seems like a type of kid that, you know, a lot of your offensive linemen are built this way. It's not about the glitz and the glamour and taking a ton of visits. And not a kid from that.
2: Iowa, not a small kid from Iowa.
3: Yeah, you know, they're gonna take their visits, but if they decide I want to go here, it, it's a lot like. uh like Logan Howland, right? He took his three visits or whatever it was—Michigan, Iowa, Oklahoma—then made his decision. And so I'll go Grant Bricks. I'm going to assume he's going to take the Logan Howland path, and he's going to take two or three visits in June, and then he's just going to decide.
2: Call it a day. Call it a day.
3: All right. And start and get in the weight room and start lifting weights and bailing hay and you know just doing what he does, showing up and ripping soles.
2: Okay, both good good calls matt taking my obvious trend guy that i've been but <laughs> i've been mentioning you talked me uh, into it i talked you into it so
3: i want to believe was wanna, that you want to believe the, you the, the, the gift stone?
2: right yeah i want to believe because i i believe.
3: i do think in that world if stone was to do that and Brent it's, a, it's,
2: is- it's a huge has a huge effect
3: yeah, I think he immediately gets on with with like Okoye and is like, hey, we're the five-star defensive players from Oklahoma. Let's go here. Let's wreck the SEC. I think he immediately starts talking to JJA. And instead of it being, you know, they were there that weekend together in the spring. So instead of it being like, hey, wouldn't this be neat if this happened, it becomes more real of I'm here, get here, and this is happening. So I, I, I want to think if he did, like Jackson Arnold really drove the bus last year as that five-star guy, the quarterback and helping get guys. Stone's, I really think. Stone's
2: got that power. He's got that yeah, power. And he, he has
3: and the that other, power. And, and honestly, social media
2: power too. You know? I was
3: fixing to say, in some ways, I think his personality is it's more gregarious than what Jackson Arnold's is. Yeah, so yeah. there's the potential that it could be an even bigger driver because of how he's wired.
2: With so, yeah, Sammy Brown
0: on campus too, I mean.
2: Don't, don't go there. Don't, 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 don't don't tease, don't tease us. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go Braden Platt. I think the synergy of, 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 is it Skalski? Is that right? Skalski?
3: Oh yeah. I forget James Skalski is on on the staff.
2: Brent, who is the personification of linebacker, linebacker toughness. I mean, you know, killing people at Brent, what was like 6'1", 210 K State, probably was he any bigger than that. I don't he know, might have, have been
3: up. 220 when he played, he might, but, 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 he's, not but big. he's
2: but But it's the 90s football, right? He's yeah. having to play. I mean, he's going up against Nebraska. He, he's
3: taking on some Pollock uh, fullback from Nebraska with skiing yeah, his last I mean, name you know, 30 times.
2: You know, <laughs> exactly. He was 270 pounds, listed at like 240, but full of God knows what. Tom, Tom, Tom. Tom Boy, that the secret juice. Secret juice was cooking up back in the '90s when they, those teams were were unfathomably powerful in the offensive line and, and running the football. So I just think he gets on campus. It's just like you know he's visited before. He took an unofficial visit. He'd be there with his family. I just see the whole. I just see the culture, the fit. We want, and I oh, and we you know. Um, our sources say oh, OU thinks Platt's like the best middle linebacker in the country. They think he's the number one guy. I'm, I not, think the, o- I'm not
3: the source, but I, I've yeah. fallen in line with, yeah. with that thinking. I think he's. So, yeah.
2: so I think that there's so much synergy there and maybe he doesn't fall that weekend, but, but he's the 16th. So I've got like 15 days from then for him to fall that maybe it's just like this is where I want to go. The parents are like, you know, we love this place. This, this fits what we want for you. And it just, it falls like within four, you know, let's sit back and not not get overly hyped from the visit. I don't know that he has a lot of the visits scheduled and no one like of the power of Oklahoma I, for the love of the linebacker position, you know, the, you know, I know you's got, I mean, Lance Mitchell, Rufus, Curtis Lofton. I mean, it got three All-American linebackers who so were going to be talking to him during that weekend. When I mean, we know that, right? I so mean, I'm
3: looking at it right now. He, it'll be interesting. So he took an official to UCLA on May 5th. So I probably there's. I think they had a really late spring game. I think is it UCLA? Yeah. i mean, the in quarter right. system. Uh, he's got the weekend after Oklahoma, he goes to Oregon, which I think good news is when we found this out maybe a month ago, he's not originally from that part of the yeah, country. It's, yeah. it's, a military. So maybe
2: it's, maybe it's, they, they, they take the Oregon visit and they're like, we've been to three places. Let's call it a day. Where do you want it to go? And I think yeah. it's going to be Oklahoma. So I'm going, I'm going to man crush Braden Plant when, If that happens, I'm fully expecting we, we, you know, Matt, I think hopefully we might have some video by the, uh, by the end of June, maybe. Yes. Maybe we're maybe trending in that direction. I fully am expecting Caleb to be smoking a Cuban cigar during the entire (laughs) discussion of, of the Braden Platt commitment. So, Hey, I'm I'm
3: telling you, or, or,
2: or a, or a heavy, heavy glass of your favorite, uh, clear or dark alcohol with one of those big, you know, round ice cubes in the middle of it. So
3: just just let yourself just close your eyes and imagine for a second a world where it's PJ at a Bore, it's uh, Noary at defensive end, it's a Koye at defensive end, it's David Stone, it's McKinley at defensive tackle, it's JJA at that three technique, and Braden Platt. Is playing inside linebacker in Brent's scheme that loves next to the funnel next to,
2: next to Sam Omosigo, who's now like yeah. 6'2, 238. Yeah, and looks it, looks like a thousand million, 110 billion dollars. Yeah,
3: and, and, and you know, you know, Brent loves it's those safeties are coming downhill, you're funneling that linebacker's playing inside out, and you got a guy like Platt just cleaning things up. I think it's uh, it you know, it's a good it's a, vision. It's a good we're vision.
2: sucking we're sucking on the hopium right now guys uh, that's, and I understand that's that. the most
3: hopium i'll ever get on this thing because like
2: but that's uh but, that's but that you know this is this is where we are you know matt you know i i posted a uh recruiting class prediction last week for our for our site and uh thanks to cinnamon um for hosting stuff because we had some great discussion about it but you know i he it brought up the one the one question. I'll end with this: Could OU have a higher than top five class? And I was like, this year that's that's impossible because I don't because unless Michael Hawkins blows up an elite wins the elite eleven competition um, and has a fantastic senior year, he's not moving up that high, right? We don't we don't have a five star quarterback, which is what you generally need to have like a top three class. But I threw in Terry Busey. Sorry, Bussy. And then I threw in Kobe Black. And with my other predictions I made, and all of a sudden, OU was at like 315 247 composite points, which is like historically good enough for the number two class in the nation. So,
0: and then Danny Okoye, I mean, he's at 150. Say you add him and he moves up to 30. He really. he Danny, should be
3: in yeah. the discussion for, for five-star. And I, re- I don't mean that because, you know, Chris, you had him on. I think I was pretty open about that before. No, you we, know, like,
2: you, we, 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 we talked yeah. like months ago when o, he wasn't even considering OU. Yeah. You and I are both like, he is seriously underrated. Yeah. How in the world you have looked at film and have him number 200 is silly. And, <laughs> right. And I, I, I when I talked to him, he was unsure about going to an all-star game. I really hope he goes to one because I, and he probably, if he goes to one, he'll go to the one in San Antonio based upon our interview, but that could change. Um, you know, maybe if he chooses OU and like David's like, hey, why don't you join, you know, the other four of us who are going to Orlando to go kill, go kill some poor quarterbacks. Maybe he'll change his mind. I don't know. In a dream opium world there. Um, but yeah, I hope he goes to an all star game and just, and, you know, and if he dominates, yeah, he could easily be, Matt, to your point. Both he, Kearney, um, JJA, he's going to be a five star once everything gets all shuffled around. You know, the other services get off their butt and realize he's 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 elite. Like someone's still listing him like two hundreds. I'm like you're 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 full of you're on crack.
0: Well, Devin um, Jordan's not even really ranked.
2: Devin Jordan's uh, not even even ranked, and and Easton you know,
0: Baker is in the thousand.
2: Yeah, you know? and KJ Daniels, you know. Is also pretty highly, you know, is pretty underranked, I think. Um, if you know, so yeah, so is is something silly like a top two class possible? I didn't think so. And then I re-ran the hopium numbers and and uh and did that. And you know, again, Sammy Brown is on OU's campus. He he just, he, you know, classic official visit season, he's just raving about his Tennessee visit he just took. So the other
3: guy I, I, I do find, I just think it's, it's getting very interesting. And, and we'll see and tell me if I'm again, uh, maybe I am looking too much into this, but it, Dominic McKinley, I just find it interesting that he's said, you know, he's been open that, Hey, I'm not this locked for LSU that everyone thinks I am. What do you think he's got June locked in for Ohio state, Oklahoma, Texas, Texas A&M LSU is not listed. Is he holding out and gonna take that late visit? But he's also said he wants to have it done before uh you know before the year. I mean, is there is there a world where Oklahoma could sign McKinley, JJA, Nigel Smith, and Stone?
2: And and Terry Bussey or Zion Reagan's at wide fourth wide receiver.
3: Nah, I don't care about wide receivers. Let's get some more daddies. <laughs> but
2: and Okoye uh, yeah,
3: and Noinery. And Okoye and
2: Noinery. And and either Gilmore or and then 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 CJ, what's his name? Um CJ, uh there's a guy from Georgia who's unofficially visiting oh. this weekend. He's unreal on tape, and he's like top 75 in the nation. He's yeah. 6'5, 230, rush end. And he's like back, it's second time he's back at OU in like 60 days. Um, yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's yes could So here's what i think oh you could get his verbal commitment the part i'm unsure about is can they hold on for three months and actually get his signature without some you know bucket of euros or francs showing up well something from europe you know like like you know it's louisiana so you know eh, it's like the napoleonic code so you know they show up with like you know Hey, here's hundred thousand euros for you, and he's like, "Euros? It's New Orleans. It's New Orleans. It's all right. It's all good. You can use, you know, it, you can, it's, it spends in New Orleans, no problem." So, can they can they survive the rush that LSU will have to put on put on him? Um, you know, if especially you know, especially if OU doesn't have a great season, right? But if you know, the ideal thing is you get McKinley in J- in July. LSU lays a massive egg against FSU to start the season and OU has a great season and you just somehow hold on by hooker. You know, you just hold on for life and get him signed. I mean, more than ever, I really wish there was an August 31st early signing day. I agree with that because I right. love to get these guys locked up. So that's my last thought for the day. So yeah. Yeah. It before
0: we needs get too carried away on a, a 330 composite class. <laughs> um we'll go ahead and wrap up this episode uh a little longer than usual but there was a lot of info to to go over a lot of news uh we wanted to preview of the 9th and 16th weekends uh we'll be back next week to talk uh, chris i'm assuming a lot more about june 9th weekend since we'll be recording right before that we're gonna um,
2: it's gonna be a heavy caleb heavy caleb analysis uh episode so caleb be ready
0: Yeah, so look forward to that next week. Um, Circle back to Sooners360.com to check out the latest news on some of these portal guys uh, that we're trying to add apparently uh, for the fall. Uh, We've got some news on there. Uh, And check out the visit trackers on the board as well. We'll be adding to that. I'm sure there'll be one, two, three guys that we hadn't talked about today that will be popping up on there. So check that out on Sooners360.com. And as another reminder, go ahead and subscribe to the show uh, so you don't miss another episode. Uh, We talked about Reggie Pearson a little bit on the show. I'll tease that a little bit. Uh, The Reggie Pearson show, we have announced that. That will be coming uh, this month. Um, shout out to Reggie, uh, first Sooners 360 athlete. So we're pretty excited to get that going as well. And again, head over to Sooners360.com and we'll see you around the water cooler.